Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. I think we should talk about your love of magic. <laughs> we could have talked about the fact that I come across as having ADHD because I've changed the topic for today three times in the last 10 minutes. But because you said magic, that made me think of magic. And now I want to talk about magic. Okay. I'm making that conversation appear. Poof, piff, puff, poof. <laughs> well, magic is something that goes well before middle age in terms of the real belief in magic. When Scott was little, we used to hide something like, say, a key or a pencil under a tea towel. And we told him if he believed, he could do magic. And he would turn around three times. And while he was turning around three times with his eyes closed, Jill or I would remove the item. He would then open his eyes, lift aside the tea towel, and it had gone. (gasps) Yeah, magic. And you know what else will be the subsidence of that trick will be the amount of money you spend on a therapist as he gets older, as he believes that his parents make things disappear in his house. (laughs) We've already budgeted. And most of the budget's gone on some of the best therapists. who strangely disappear after we've spent several thousand pounds on them. So that's magic, isn't it? It's amazing how support can just disappear like that. He did turn in the other direction with his eyes tightly closed. Three times he would turn around and the item would reappear. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, real magic. That's amazing. So when he was of an age where he discovered things weren't magical, for example, Father Christmas... Hang on, we might have some young listeners. Okay. Disclaimer, for those of you that do still believe, Father Christmas is definitely real and lives in the North Pole with his lady wife. For those of you that are aware that sometimes your parents drink too much on Christmas Eve and may fall over whilst delivering presents into your lounge and then blame it on a strange old man that comes in through the back window... This next bit won't be a surprise. Carry on. (laughs) Okay. When he started to realise that things such as elves that visited the house weren't necessarily real, he questioned us, did you make those things disappear or not? (gasps) We were fairly guilty looking at each other, at which point he said, you did, didn't you? Because we took too long to deny that we'd done it. (laughs) So sadly... You didn't freestyle that one out. No. So sadly, by the time he was four years old, he knew we'd been... That you were a bunch... <laughs> no, he was bunch much of charlatans. He was about ten before he realised things weren't magic. And I think it was a blow. You could almost see childhood seeping away. But we did say there are other things that are just as magical happening around us all the time. Yeah, the seasons, the plants. But he wasn't impressed. No, I should imagine he went upstairs and tried to make himself disappear and live with another family, <laughs> judging by yeah. that description. <laughs> but you're right, there are two types of magic. Yeah. There is magic of childhood, which we have certain beliefs like unicorns, fairies. And then there is magic of adulthood, which is a man trying to chop a woman up in <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. So there's two types of magic, isn't there? I hadn't thought of it that way. I was invited on stage at a hotel at a couple of friends with us and Jill and the magician wanted me to go up on stage and of course you immediately think no way but everybody's going go on so I went up on stage I'd had a few to drink and he was going to saw me in half and I couldn't stop giggling which I think he kept talking to the audience and as he was leaning over supposedly about to saw me in half he'd go would you stop laughing because it didn't help the drama. But the more he said it, the more I giggled. Oh, I would love it if a magician got somebody in a box. You know when they make people disappear in a box or chop them in half? 
Mm. And all you heard was, I need a wee. (laughs) 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 I don't like these animals that they use in tricks. When they use tigers and elephants, I think that's a bit bad. Don't call the stage assistants animals. Some of them are very nice women. (laughs) They're just purely doing it to make a living. They're mothers, they're aunties. However, it's very clear that they can't afford trousers in a lot of instances. A lot of sequins in these magic tricks. There's a lot of sequins in magic. But then that's part of the distraction, isn't it? You're supposed to be looking at the pretty sequined woman while they're doing whatever they're doing in the back. Yeah, but somebody who wanted to know the trick could video the sequined bodice and then analyse each little sequin to see if the mirrored reflection revealed what was truly going on behind the scenes. I think if you had time to do that, then the likelihood of you having friends is nominal. Well, I have to say this because when Jill discovered me doing a selfie in a sequined bodice, (laughs) I said I was just doing a test run on discovering the magician. She wasn't absolutely convinced, but it's the quickest thing I could think of to explain it. Of course. Comes straight to mind. (laughs) Obvious, really. She wouldn't have minded as much if I hadn't been wearing socks and sandals. (laughs) But there you go. Ruined the look. I love magic. Do you like magic? Do you like watching magicians do tricks and stuff? I do. I don't like it if I hear that the magician has used a fall guy. A stooge. Yes, but actual ones where they come to your table when you're having a dinner or something and make something disappear, you know, ask for a ring off a lady and she's like, oh, I don't know, this is my engagement ring. But he takes it off her and uh, does a runner. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't a magician, he was a thief. (laughs) Thieves, come back. (laughs) One of the best tricks I ever saw was at my mum's 70th birthday when we had a magician and he made a bottle disappear. Now, that was impressive enough. My mum actually could have done that on her own, making a whole bottle disappear. (laughs) He basically took a full bottle of wine, smashed it on the table, and it went through the table. Oh, wow. And you could see the bottom of the bottle through the table, and it was in front of a crowd of maybe 20-odd people. It was amazing. And she'd seen him do that trick at an event, and that's why she wanted him to be at her birthday party. But that probably made me go, wow. Whereas some of the stuff you see on TV, you feel disconnected because it's, you know, you think trickery is going on. And some of the card tricks that you see from up-close magicians, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. But that properly made me go, wow. So did he stay behind to hoover up the smashed glass? (laughs) No, he legged it. (laughs) Yeah, my mum's ring. (laughs) (laughs) They're terrible, aren't they, for legging it, these magicians? I'll tell you. I know. They disappear permanently. I think home magic and magic at small do's, where the magician just comes up to a group of half a dozen people, are the most impressive because it's up close and you think you should be able to spot them hiding the object. But of course you don't because it's all about distraction, Mm, isn't it? It's very clever. Yeah, I'm very easily distracted. Are you? Yeah, over here. I'm sorry? Yeah. Uh, what were you saying? I was just on eBay, just buying something. When you were a child physically. <laughs> we do need to have that definition on this podcast, don't we? We do. When you were a child, as in properly in age, not now, trapped in an adult's body. When yes. you were younger, did you get those magic sets for Christmas and things where you thought, oh, I'll do this, and then you were really disappointed? Some of the tricks you had to really practice. 
to do, and you couldn't be bothered with that, so you never learned that trick and that trick. Eventually, you'd gone through all 20 tricks in the box, and the best one you could do was the upside-down cups with a bit of fluff that nobody was impressed by because they knew exactly where it was, and they just humoured you and guessed wrongly on purpose. My brothers used to get the magic kits, but I didn't. Why? I used to get the makeup kits Why? the sequins. What's wrong and with your get, brothers? I don't know, it's a gender thing. He didn't look good in sequins and makeup. We did try. Did he wear socks and sandals? I just need to check. No. We're German in name, but not German in nature. OK. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But he would do the cups and the fluff trick and the rope cutting, you know, the rope sliding through. Oh, that was yeah. quite sophisticated for children. The trick that I always loved and every child loves is that when your slightly mad uncle does the got your nose, where they apparently pull your nose off and then they use the, your thumb to make you think that the thumb is your nose. Oh, yeah. And that's an old trick. And actually, you get to a certain age where you think, that's really funny, and then you get to another age where you go, actually, that's creepy as hell. Please stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite disconcerting. Yeah, pulling their own thumb off as well. Yes, that was always a little bit... Yeah, weird. My brother had one trick, I remember, but it was more of a trick than a magic trick, which was brilliant, which is where... He opened a matchbox and his thumb was in it. Oh. And I always remember being quite, wow, that's really cool at the time. But obviously he just showed you the matchbox and his thumb, his secondary thumb was what was hiding in the box. The beauty of magic sometimes when you're younger is if you've done a trick that's really fantastic. Scott had one which had a cockroach in it and effectively you were tipping the box up one way or the other and the cockroach would disappear or be there. When his friends would say, how did you do that? He'd go, oh, like this, and he'd just show them. And you felt really <laughs> like, oh, the honesty of youth. It was like beautiful and sad at the same time. But we love being tricked. Uh, As adults, we still like to be fooled yeah. in a safe and responsible environment. You know, we don't... <laughs> you do, though. You want to go and watch a magician, uh, a pen and teller, for example. I love watching them. Yeah. It's amazing when he looks like he's chewing a goldfish. And you think, oh, my God, that's disgusting. And then he spits out sort of 11 goldfish in succession alive into a bowl. That's amazing. I was quite old when I realised they weren't an Italian dish. Penandella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 when somebody said, do you like them? And I said, oh, I don't know. I was sort of like uh, bolognese, so I guess I will. <laughs> Have you ever had ambitions to be a magician in any way? No. It's not something I've ever really fancied doing. I do remember my nephews getting one of those magic kits one Christmas and we had to sit through their little performance, which would have been fine, but they seemed a bit old and really rather rubbish at it. The highlight for me was the fact that my brother had just moved to a houseboat and he was in the process of changing the name of the houseboat, but sadly he hadn't at this point. So they introduced their performance as tonight. For one night only, live from the Steamy Beaver, which was the name of the <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Huey and Felix doing magic. Well, that was it. No one cared about the magic after that. Live <laughs> for one night only at the Steamy Beaver. That was it. We all fell apart. So you've never fancied mounting a rope and disappearing or something? I beg your pardon. The, <laughs> the, man, the snake thing where he climbs a rope and... Woof, just disappeared. Oh, yes, the Indian rope trick. I think you'll find that is my friend. Quite an expert on this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> the Indian rope trick is quite cool, but if you go to India, they do them on the street, and that takes the novelty out of it. Whereas if you watch magic in a theatre, if you watch Darren Brown, for example, some of the stuff that he does is phenomenally clever, mm. but 
Let's be honest, I still love watching someone get sawn in half. Yeah, Darren Brown is more intellect, really. He uses yes. intellectual tricks to persuade you. I mean, there's a bit of magic, but he tends towards the mysterious. He's not a disappearing frog-type magician, is he? Whereas the ones I liked was... Do you remember, if you were very lucky and you got a magician for your birthday, or it was your birthday, it was a birthday party... <laughs> how, did he, how did he live in the plastic bag with all the wrapping paper? <laughs> <laughs> they did a trick where you, as the birthday boy or birthday girl, would have to put some special ingredients in a magic pan, and then he'd go piff, puff, poof, and it would go bang... And he'd pull the lid off and there'd be a birthday cake in there. Oh. I mean, it was amazing. Wow. Combined two of the best things in the world, cake and magic. And I always wanted to be the birthday person that got that cake. And then one year, my mum did book Mr Coffee, who was the local magician. And he did it and they did the piff, puff, poof and was very excited and got the cake. Do you know what? That cake tasted like plywood. Did it? <laughs> yeah, it totally took the magic out of the whole trick. I'm quite glad about that, because when you were saying the best thing ever, the cake, this, that and the other, coming from Grimsby, as you know, just having <laughs> the party would have satisfied me. Even no. if it was a party for one. You know, today, Graham, you're going to have a party <laughs> for one. And uh, put all the ingredients in the pan, biff, baff, buff, there you are, there's your dinner. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you are, all the ingredients, you might want to cook it. <laughs> yeah, feeding me today. Well, it is your birthday. But some of the parties now... Just go above and beyond. I've been to a kid's party where there were five donkeys, which is a bit disappointing. We were expecting children. (laughs) (laughs) No, the kids were doing it in somebody's back garden. We're going around on donkeys. Well, there was a bouncy castle and a magician and a karaoke machine and a blow-up, light-up hemisphere. And I mean, everything. A good old-fashioned magician at a birthday party. You can't beat it. No. You can't beat it. Do a trick one of one of the kids' toys and do a runner. Mummy, where's my <laughs> where's my dolly gone? The magicians had it, love. Have you ever seen a magician in like a big venue like Vegas? Because I mean, those guys are on a whole other level. I've never been to Vegas. Haven't you? No. Oh, quietly judging you. Um, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. Scared Not of the concept of travelling. Well, that and also I've heard uh, there are magicians there on a whole new scale. Think about the magicians that they've had in Las Vegas, like Siegfried and Roy, who used to do tricks involving full sized white tigers. Yeah. I mean, they were famous for so many years, but what does everyone remember them for? The fact that one of them got eaten by one of them. Yeah. Not their magic. No. You can still go to Siegfried and Roy's Magic Garden in Vegas, by the way, but it is actually a tiger sanctuary. And you can go and see all the tigers that have been rescued from eating magicians. And do occasionally, when you're looking at all these tigers, do perhaps one of them just disappear? No. Do you know what's really irritating? You go past every enclosure and every time you're here, pick a card. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, give it a rest. I'm here to stare at the tiger. I would be very tempted to close my eyes tightly and rotate three times and open my eyes and see if it was the same number of tigers. Yeah. Or if one had disappeared under a tea towel. <laughs> exactly. Well, that would be a really big tea towel or a very small tiger. <laughs> I'd love it. There's this giant tiger with a small tea towel on its head like that. Can you see me? Yeah, <laughs> looking very nonplussed. <laughs> it's like looking through glass. <laughs> yes. Well, I can imagine if I did it regularly, as you went to the tiger sanctuary, they'd come up and say, could we just check you out for tea towels, Mr Jarvis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and signs would appear. We've had to change our policy due to to the misuse of tea towels yeah. on animal property. That's right. Throwing tea towels <laughs> onto tigers' heads, forbidden. But when you do watch one of these big magicians in a Vegas scenario, I mean, it's huge. There's fireworks, there's cannons, there's fire, there's light. 
there's knife throwing, there's live animals. I mean, it's crazy. I'm with you on the live animal bit, not a big fan. No. And actually, when one of Siegfried and Roy got nibbled on, I kind of went, that'll teach you. Yeah, you shouldn't be using animals. There's no need for it, because it can be very impressive, all these disappearing tricks, as I've said. Not including yeah, the absolutely. magician disappearing when he stole the ring. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's lots of stuff that they can do to wow you yeah. without having to drag out some poor leathery tiger that's seen better days. It's not all conjuring, is it? Magic is also about, as people say, like the magic of watching a film. Hang on, hang on, I, I forget that. The magic of watching a film, what is this, 1800s? <laughs> Everyone's been watching the film for ages. It's not like we finally discovered the moving picture. <laughs> well, the... Quick, get your box brownie out. I want to take a photograph over the next three and a half hours. But the magic of watching, you might be in a really bad mood and then suddenly the movie transforms you. You know, Disney, all the magic of Disney. People go to Disney oh. World and Disneyland. And... Have you been to Disney World? Uh, which one is that? California or Florida? <laughs> All of them. And Hong Kong and Tokyo, because there's more than just those. I'm only talking about the real one. <laughs> <laughs> They're all real. You've got California, you've got Florida, you've got Paris, you've got Tokyo, you've got Hong Kong, and you've got another one. Singapore, Shanghai. Can't remember. Not been. Doesn't matter. I've been to Florida. As we arrived, mm. the palm trees were just about horizontal, as a huge storm, a tornado came through and Jill and Scott ran in to book into the Disney hotel as I sat in the car thinking, I hope this car doesn't go off spinning like Dorothy <laughs> did in that film. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever believed in magical creatures and magical things or have you always been a sceptic? No, sadly, my mother, as we've spoken about before, although undiagnosed, did believe in fairies and witches and things like that. So she would often tell us stories about witches and fairies in a positive light, not they're going to come eat you or anything or take you to a house where you can be cooked like they did in Hansel and Gretel. She grew up with Hans Christian Andersen stories and she did share those with us. And incidentally, we did always go to bed on time, sweating. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you might have gone to bed on time, but none of you slept. <laughs> no, we were too busy clinging onto our duvets for dear life. <laughs> Why are my children sobbing until three in the morning? Yes. I just thought that was our bedtime routine. It was only years <laughs> later I discovered it wasn't the same in everybody's house. But yeah, we did believe in magic. Yet saying that, my mum would tell us stories about fairies and witches and unicorns and mythical creatures. But she didn't like Disney and we never went to Disney as children. And I only got to go to Disney as an adult and when I finally turned up to Disney and I saw Main Street USA for the first time in Florida, I burst into tears. Really? Oh. Yeah, it was so emotional because it was like everything I dreamed about as a child, everything I was desperate. You know, I was absolutely, I'd, I'd say, say to my parents, can we go to Disney? And they'd be like, no, no. My parents didn't like theme parks. So they thought it was all about theme parks and it's not. It's really, and it, I have to say, there is definitely something in the whole Disney magic thing. Because for the kids yeah. and for the adults, it's a phenomenal experience. Yeah, they make it if real, If you get the chance they? to go, you should go. Okay, I'll go then. Bye. Now. Now. <laughs> no, I also had an awkward conversation with my daughter when she was about six or seven. And she said, Mummy... 
those characters, you know, like Mickey Mouse at Disney? I said, yes. And I was waiting for this question. Are they real or are they people inside them pretending to be the characters? And I thought, well, I'm not going to lie to her. I was promised I wouldn't lie to her. And I said, well, they are actually people. There are people inside. They get paid. It's their job. And they mimic the characters, the actors, etc. Silence. Then she looked at me and she went, that's a lie. You know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was like, okay, there goes me trying to tell the truth. Even now, she's 14 and she refuses to believe that there are people inside because actually it's much more magical to think you've just had a hug with Mickey Mouse. Exactly. And I think it's ridiculous to imagine that those little cartoons are people within those cartoons. What are you going to do? Take the Mickey Mouse head off and there'll be a little man cartoon inside? Absolute nonsense. I'm with her. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But then you could go one step further and say, surely any other films that are made that star Mickey Mouse should star a genuine, culturally backgrounded mouse as an actor. We shouldn't be drawing them. We are taking acting jobs from fully qualified mice. Well, I'd agree with you, as long as each of these actors had a tea towel on their head. <laughs> <laughs> I think the world is a harsh place. You need to hold on to a little bit of magic and a little bit of fun and a little bit of childishness just to help you, or just to make it a nicer place to be, don't you think? I mean, the magic wand was an important thing. Kids often find mm. a stick or something. They need a wand, something to swirl around that somehow focuses their energy. And although that seems a daft idea, the wand, but people do use those bits of stick to find water, don't they? That is recognised. Mm. Some people apparently can do it, a twin bit of stick. I mean, how, yeah. how on earth does that work? That's magic. The only difference is that they use them as divining rods to find the water source. But everyone knows that unless you say, izzy-wizzy, let's get busy, it doesn't work. Ah, you even know the incantation. I do. Well, it's a sooty favourite. Everybody should know that, really. And do you believe sooty is real? I'm sorry. <laughs> what is wrong with you? However, I have just realised I now want the words Izzy Wizzy, let's get busy on my gravestone. <laughs> Wouldn't that be brilliant? It would People be. walking past. <laughs> Auntie Enid, much loved, much missed. <laughs> Emily Baum, Izzy Wizzy, let's get busy. <laughs> Big pardon. <laughs> I'll make sure it happens if I'm around to do yeah, that. Yeah, can you? Yeah. I, might, I might get a tattoo with it. That would be even better. <laughs> Big tattoo. Oh, what's that from? It reminds me of a little bear friend I used to have growing up. Oh, that's lovely. What does it say? Izzy Wizzy, let's get busy. Oh, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but look at how popular Harry Potter was. Yeah. And is. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a great example of how people want escapism and to believe in dragons and flying birdie things and books and giant spiders and... So do you think magic's some sort of escapism then? Hmm. It's the idea that there is more to the reality that we see every day, that there's a magic world. Like when you were a kid, did you believe that your toys might possibly move when you left the room? No. Really? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. I was convinced that they were have, they were doing something else while I was gone. That then became the foundation of Toy Story. I come from Grimsby and the cardboard box that we used to play in, if it was to disappear, it would have been great, but sadly... It, it was only because every time you left the room, the dirt never moved or disappeared, <laughs> exactly. so therefore everything was static. We had the, don't forget, the newspapers on the carpets and the cardboard oh, box yes, was next up. So, no, we never thought that would disappear. It was beyond our wildest dreams that that might actually go. We might actually get a dinky toy or something. 
you know? That would be true magic. <laughs> I used to think that teddy bears had personalities and you could talk to each other and I had quite a good imagination for those sorts of things. It was fun to get a broom and pretend you could ride it and run around the garden or a hobby horse that flew. Yeah, if you had a garden, that would have been fun. I'd have enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> you nice to have fresh air. You know, you were busy dealing with rickets. We had real things to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. What do you want for Christmas, Graham? Scurvy. Okay. <laughs> I'll put it on Father Christmas's list. Is it possible to have a tangerine? <laughs> <laughs> I heard the sailors enjoyed those. Stop the rickets, Dad. <laughs> and what do you end up with Christmas? Nah, a Brazil nut. Walnut. Yeah, yeah. If you're lucky and if you're good, next Christmas you'll get some nutcrackers. <laughs> Have a good year. <laughs> Spent 12 months licking the side of this, this Brazil nut, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hoping that you'll get through the outer layer eventually. <laughs> oh, it's like you could glimpse the past, <laughs> Emily. <laughs> What's magic for you now as an adult? What do you find to be magical? Perhaps people's response to things, kids' response to things. I find that still lovely. And also uh, perhaps the inquisitiveness of creatures. If a dog goes out exploring all the smells and different things, it's magic to think the experience that different creatures have is utterly different to ours as humans. I have to be honest, when my dog sniffs another dog's bottom, I don't think, oh, that's magical. No. <laughs> no, well, that's probably think, not. Oh, will you not? Well, there's nothing to stop you sniffing the bottom. <laughs> the lady who owns the dog would probably be curious at that. There's some things best not to do. I might try and see what people's reaction is. <laughs> what are you doing? Huh? Just joining in. As an adult, magic is more often used when things that you think will disappoint don't disappoint. Like if you phone some major retailer and the phone rings three Samaritans. times and they <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the phone rings three times <laughs> and they answer the phone. You've put it on speakerphone so you can hear it as you get about doing your jobs. And you think, I've got half an hour, I can wash the car, do this, that and the other. And after three rings, they answer and you think, that is magic. Except that then you don't get around to washing the car because you haven't had that half an hour that you thought you were going to have. <laughs> I think magical things are more feelings, aren't they? It's magic. When you have a good day, you think, oh, that was a magic day. I am with you when you watch a child experience something for the first time. Mm. There is something very magical about that, whether that's eating ice cream. I love watching kids eat ice cream. We deliberately gave my daughter popping candy because I just wanted to see her reaction because I just thought it was going to be a magical experience. And lo and behold, she freaked out. She thought it was broken. You know, all of that is wonderful. The first time they do certain things, just fab. Yeah. When they dress up as a magician, mm. their idea of a magician, I mean, Scott for a while had a dressing gown. It was a cross between, I imagine, Oscar Wilde and a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> but he believed it was... A smoking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's a lot of magical things happen to you when you're an adult, but they're usually observing other things. Or well, that feeling you get, as I say, after a good day, when things just work. Yeah. That's the feeling of magic. What, like your hips? <laughs> <laughs> Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum. If you liked it, tell a friend or rate and review the podcast. That will help others find us. Thanks.